We are down to the final four of the NFL podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and fans only, excuse me, Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros, and we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. We're going to do our final game picks for the uh, the conference championship matchups. We've got San Francisco at Philadelphia first followed by Cincinnati at Kansas City. And joining us to cover all of these topics, we have Justin Miller, Dean College alumni and co-host of the All the Balls podcast. Justin, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to some of our listeners? What's up, guys? Yeah, Adam, I appreciate you for having me on. I mean, it's good to be talking with some Dean College students. And I mean, seems like I went there years ago. It was only three years ago. Not too bad. But, um, yeah, I'm just thankful that you have me on the show. Obviously, it's a big time of the season, especially in the NFL. I mean, like you said, we're down to the final four teams. The Super Bowl is coming soon. So, I mean, I have my own sports podcast. Like you said, all the balls. We do it, honestly, whenever our schedules allow us to. But, obviously, we talk about all the sports, all the balls. But I love talking sports. So, I appreciate it, Adam. And, I don't know, it's a great time to be a sports fan. And even if you want to talk about some Dean College stuff, we can get into that as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, um, you guys have a lot of episodes as well. Where you guys are over over a hundred somewhere, right? Yeah, I think we're going on one twenty six tomorrow. Yeah, uh, that's we've had, yeah, that's we've had pretty some tough. special guests on too. So we've had like the voice of the South, like Sean Grand, who's been on the show. We've had I don't know if you know Mari Hirsch Gordon, but we've had um, David McKinnon, who's a major league baseball player. We've had some good guests on. Nice, nice. Well, you guys go check them out, um, but. We're going to get moving on this show. So San Francisco at Philadelphia. So San Francisco, the 49ers with Brock Purdy, the team that has won 10 plus in a row, have not missed a beat after going through three quarterbacks. They are now down to their third string quarterback, Brock Purdy. So we're going to go around the table and give some game picks for this matchup. So we'll start with you, Justin. Who wins? I think it's going to be a little more low scoring than people think of this game. I mean, honestly, I didn't see these. I didn't see San Francisco being here. I was one of those people that I didn't really believe too much in Brock Purdy. But now you look up, you're watching TV, and all of a sudden San Francisco's in the NFC Championship game. So you got to give them credit for what they've been doing for the entire season. I mean, the guy, he's not losing football games. And then obviously the Philadelphia Eagles, they've been the best team from top to bottom in the NFC all season long. Jalen Hurts has done a tremendous job. they got a great defense. As much as I want to go against Brock Purdy this week, I finally am. I'm going with, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. 24-20 to 20 is my prediction. I think the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. I just don't think San Francisco's defense is going to have enough to stop A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. All right, so Justin Miller going with the Eagles to win it. And represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, but CJ, who's your pick? When I look at it all, this team reminds me of the 2001 New England Patriots. You know, Tom Brady goes down. I mean, uh, Drew Bledsoe goes down. You get Tom Brady, and I feel kind of feel the same way with Brock Purdy. They're running that same scheme of 
be a game manager, and don't screw up. The only difference is that Brock Purdy has a million weapons to play with. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, and a half-decent O-line, and a stellar defense. Now, the Eagles are a little more battle-tested, you know, a little older, and it's going to be in Philly. But all Brock Purdy has to do is not make mistakes. That's going to be a tall order against this defense. But I think he's learned a lot from that Dallas game, and I think it's going to be a close one because, you know, Philly's going to give you the fight of your life. But don't be shocked if the Niners just eke it out I'm thinking, and I also do agree with uh, Justin that it's going to be more low scoring than you than you would expect, which is why I think San Fran pulls it out about twenty to seventeen. All right, talk. What's your pick? Oh man, well thinking about this game all week long, and this is the game I'm mostly excited for because I don't care who wins. This to me will be the best football game this this Sunday. Um, Thinking about it back and forth, the number one defense against the one of the best offenses, one of the best offenses against one of the best defenses. It can be a very high-scoring game or a very close game. I trust uh, the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles defense, so I think the games are going to be reasonably close. I also agree with Justin thinking it's going to be low-scoring. And I think it's just going to come down to who can make the best plays. And I'm not going to lie. I think Jalen Hurts pulls it off in the end. I trust him a little bit more. I think Philadelphia is a little more battle-tested. That was earlier said because they actually are Super Bowl champions. They've been in this position before. Not to say the 49ers aren't, but they haven't won it, so they don't understand the pedigree of it since, like, 1995. So, overall, I kind of, like, want to go towards the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal this year. I think he gets the job done late. But I think it's going to be fairly close. I think it's going to be like 17 to 21. I am so glad I'm going to be the only one picking the 49ers to win this game. Screw what? it. I'm taking the Niners. Listen. What? I, I picked the Niners. Oh, sorry. That, that was Whoa. my mistake. I, I, heard, I, heard you, I heard you say Eagles. So, all right. No. So, we're, we're going to do it. It's going to be a 50 50 split. So, the 49ers. <laughs> I don't want it all the glory. I, I, I kind of wanted it. Maybe maybe wow. I, it was just wishful thinking, selective listening, something like that. But listen, this 49ers team is idiot-proof, and I'll explain why. You go through three quarterbacks and you don't miss a beat with your third overall excuse, – excuse me, your third-string quarterback, right? This guy – now, he's been playing solid, but he has shown a tendency to struggle when he's – playing under pressure, but he won't even have to worry about that as much because he's playing behind one of the best offensive lines in football. He might struggle a little bit because he's facing the best defensive line in all of football, but he doesn't need to throw that far. All he has to do is get it off to Christian McCaffrey for three yards, and he runs it in for a touchdown. You get it to Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, their second-string running running back, can do some damage. Brandon Ayuk, and I haven't even mentioned their defense, which can which can anchor this team. So all around this team, they don't. It's a rare occurrence in the NFL where you have a team that's surrounded by all this talent, 
but the quarterback doesn't have to be that good in order for them to win to win the Super Bowl. That's very, very rare. But the 49ers have that. Like sometimes, like sometimes a team wins with a backup. The Eagles did it a few years ago. Trent Dilfer did it way, way back. He's not a backup, but he's not that good of a quarterback. So for the 49ers, they just have that good of a team where they have a third string quarterback in. And they're just I just think they're going to take it. On Philly's side, yes, they have had a great season. There's no two ways about it. But I've also mm-hmm. noticed a tendency from this team where let's say let's say a few weeks um, a few months back, they face uh, one of the times they face the commanders. They lost to that team. And that it's okay, you know, upsets happen. But then the very next week, they faced the Indianapolis Colts, the lowly Indianapolis Colts. They couldn't get over the previous loss, and they almost lost to the Colts uh, to the Colts that week as well. They barely came back in that game, which tells me that they have a they they struggle facing adversity. They can blow out any team, but as soon as a team makes it close and punches you in the mouth, they turtle. So that's what I'm worried about. I think San Francisco is going to keep it close enough, and they are going to make the plays to win this game. Give me San Francisco. But um, do we have any other thoughts? I, I think it's going to be a close game either way. I mean, I could see either team winning in the end. I'm not a huge fan of either team, but I agree with what you said, Adam. San Francisco definitely has more weapons on the offensive side of the field, and I feel like they're they're just so well coached. It's unbelievable. You've you look every year, I feel like people count them out year in and year out. And then you look up and they're in the final four, final eight, it seems like every season. Yeah, there's not enough being taught. Uh, there's a not, not enough discussion about this 49ers team the last four years. Three of the last four years being in the final four, one of those you made a Super Bowl. And not to disrespect Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a solid quarterback, but he's not a quarterback that you go to three out of four um, NFC championships with. And what? I think what? that says so much about, I think that says so much about their coaching, their offensive line, their, the roster around them. That's not just, you don't just get gifted a good roster. That's good drafting, sign, uh, free agent signings, trades, all of that. They, they hit on everything that they've done. It's a, this is, and they're really reminding us of how professional of an organization they are that they are able to just do all these smart moves and as a Patriots fan I don't want them to win the Super Bowl sorry I don't yeah you you can't tie you can't a three-way tie does not look as good as a two-way tie between, for the most Super Bowls of all mm-hmm. time that's just we got to we got to catch up we'll see how Mac Jones does but um I did want to change gears unless we have any other thoughts um you're I want so to go to porn star Jimmy. You're so disrespectful. You know what? That lady said anything she touches turns to gold, and then four weeks later he tore his ACL. I'll say that much. <laughs> um, all right. So next we have Cincinnati at Kansas City on Sunday at 6:30 p.m. Eastern time. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Down with a 
Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros, and special guest Justin Miller. So, we are on to the 630 game, the AFC Championship, which is Cincinnati at Kansas City on Sunday. So, a couple injuries on both sides. So, on the offensive line for the Bengals, they're going to be, yet again, missing three of their five starters. Um, obviously, no Lyle Collins, but Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa out yet again. So, they will have to win on the road with reserves on that offensive line. On the Chiefs' side, it, it, now, this is the biggest injury of them all. This is Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain, yet... He's been a full participant every day this week. And videos in practice show he seems fine. But, Justin, we'll start with you. What's your pick for this game? I mean, I'm not going to downplay the injury. I know a lot of people are downplaying it a little bit. They showed him the other night walking off the podium, walking off the field. I don't think there's any way he can be 100% after what happened. I mean, it wasn't just a small little sprain of an ankle. But I think, honestly, he's, he's probably going to come in somewhere at around 85 to 90%, in my opinion, in this game. Again, he's Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's going to be all right. But the thing is, to me, is how much can that Kansas City offense keep up with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, their offense, with uh, Patrick Mahomes that's about 85 to 90%. And in my opinion, if even if he was healthy, I think I'm going with Cincinnati in this game. I think they've been the better team lately. As good as Kansas City is, I still think they're missing Tyree Kill a little bit. Obviously, they got Juju Smith and Valdez Scantling and all them. But to me, just Cincinnati on the other side of the field, they have too many weapons between T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. Even with a little bit of a banged-up offensive line, last week it didn't seem like it was too much of an issue. In this week, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue either. I think the Bengals' defense is also very underrated. I think they can get to Mahomes. They're going to make that a priority in this game, especially with his ankle. I think this is a we're going to see something like 31-24 in this one. I'd be surprised if Kansas City wins. But again, you got Patrick Mahomes. But I'm taking Cincinnati to meet the Eagles in the Super Bowl. All right. So, CJ, what's your pick? So I'm looking at this up and down, and obviously this whole game rests on Patrick Mahomes' injury. Now, I don't think he's 100%, but here's something that a lot of people don't consider. So he may be fine now, but when he gets scrambling on that field and when he starts taking hits, there's a very real chance that catches up with him. And... When you think about the Bengals' lethal pass rush, that that's just a recipe for disaster. And their defense, like Justin said, is sneakily underrated. But you look at the Chiefs' defense. You know, you got a that that pass rush also very good as well. You know, led by Chris Jones. But the Bengals literally have three number ones at wide receiver. So that's just uh, it's going to be a showdown for the ages. But I think since he pulls it out, I would say probably about 28-21, maybe 28-24 thereabouts. I'm going Cincy. All right, so we got two Cincy votes to start things off. Tuck. Oh, boy. I already know what your pick is, but just. Our resident AFC North fan. Ravens, to be specific. Uh, Tuck, you're Tuck, muted. Tuck, you're, you're muted. 
Good, I was muted because I just used profanity. You know damn well who I'm picking. I'm picking the Chiefs over everybody. Y'all already know who I'm picking. I told y'all this before. I'm going to say it again. I am picking against the Bengals every chance I get. I need the Chiefs to win this because I'm sick and tired of that. those damn players. Oh, my God, they make me sick. Now, let me just say this. I think the game will be close. I've cooled off since the last time we've had this podcast. I thought it was just going to be a straight blowout, and I call it a day. I think it'll be close. I think Joey B, being the franchise quarterback that he is, will keep the game close with the weapons that he has. But Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City Chiefs offense is something special. Without uh, Tyreek Hill, they were still one of the best offenses in the league. Patrick Mahomes looked like Patrick Mahomes as usual. And everybody's worried about the injury, but I'm not really as concerned, especially when you have a reliable safety blanket as Travis Kelsey. So with that being said... I believe the game will be reasonably close. I believe 28-24 will be the score. Patrick Mahomes shows you why he's the better quarterback, and he's going to the Super Bowl this time around. Chiefs over Bengals. Please make my prediction come true. Please. All right. So I did mention on our previous episode this week that it is advantage Bengals. But proceed with caution because I think everyone is writing off the Chiefs so early because of that high ankle sprain. But they're still missing three starters from that offensive line the Bengals are. And yes, it wasn't a problem this past week. Great. You know, I'm not going to take anything away from their performance. Allowing just one sack with three reserves on that offensive line, that is that is very hard to do against a playoff team. That being said, it was against a it was against a Bengal uh, a Bills front seven that was very middling uh, in terms of being able to pressure the quarterback this year. They were very good halfway through the year, but since they lost Von Miller and other pieces, they haven't been quite the same. Um, so looking looking at that, that's still like that's a mismatch right there up front with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And then look at Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to downplay his injury. I, don't, I absolutely don't want to do that. But I'm starting to wonder if they misdiagnosed um, Patrick Mahomes. Because he's – so, like, if he was to be, let's say, a limited participant and then he was expected to play, understandable. It's postseason time. You got, I mean, you're going to play for the, through that injury. We don't, we're not going to force you to, but we know the quarterback's going to want to play. And he, and who's going to stop him from doing that? But he's a full participant three weeks in a row. Something feels off about that because, and I looked at, I looked it up on how long it usually takes. Plenty of medical, of uh, medical websites. Usually it takes about three weeks to recover from. Um, from a high ankle sprain. So I wonder if it was just a low ankle sprain, something like that. I'm so I'm, I am no, I'm no doctor. I'm just, just a fan observing, but if he's a full participant three weeks in a row with no limitations, what, uh, excuse me, three days in a row with no limitations whatsoever. And on top of that, you have home field advantage and you have a complete mismatch up front. Joe Burrow still got to get the ball out. 
So with that being said, I still go Bengals, but proceed with caution there. I would not I would not be in the slightest um surprised if the Chiefs wound up winning this game because they're actually besides Patrick Mahomes they're they're also pretty healthy there. So that's my pick. I'm si- I'm still taking the Bengals, but yeah. You're taking the wrong team. I was I was so tempted to take the Chiefs. From seeing everything that came out this week, I was so tempted to take them and like they like Kansas City is the second best uh rushing de- uh pass rushing defense in the league. In in sacks and pressures they are second. Only to the Eagles who are just astronomical this year. So that's probably my pick. I'm sticking with Cincinnati. But I'm very I've been very much very much on the fence all season long. So we'll see how it goes. I'm taking I'm still sti- I'm still sticking with Cincy. All right. All right. Well, we are going to switch gears and move on to Justin's guest segment where he's going to talk about the state of the the Boston Celtics this season. We're crossing sports for the first time in a while for our guest segment. So that's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Yeah. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros, special guest Justin Miller. So we have reached the guest segment of our show, sponsored by Secret Weapon Consulting. For business plans, secret shoppers, bar spotting, server and manager training, and so much more, visit www.secretweaponconsulting.com. So for our guest segment, we have Justin Miller, who's going to talk about the Celtics. So, Justin, what do you got? What's up, guys? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know how big a basketball fans you guys are or Celtics fans, but this is the best team in the NBA right now, the Boston Celtics. They've been at the top of the league for not just this season, but for the whole second half of last season, obviously losing in the NBA Finals last year to Golden State. But they come out this year, bring back, for the most part, the same team, and I know they're going through a little bit of a rough stretch right now, three-game losing streak. I was at the game last night, Adam, like I told you before, but as good as they've been so far this season, the defense to me has been a major concern right now. And am I concerned in the long run that this team is not going to go far, probably not going to go back to the finals, the Eastern Conference finals? That's not my concern. My concern is the defense right now, and it seems like especially against some of the lower-tier teams in the league, they're just not putting their best effort forward. And I know, like, you're playing the Magic, you're playing the Bulls, sometimes you realize it's going to be a cakewalk. But you look up at the standings and you look up at some of the past results of these these Celtics games, and they played Orlando four times this season. They've lost three of those games. 
They've already lost two of the three they played to Chicago so far this season. It just seems like night in and night out, they go in against some of these lower tier teams. They're not playing their best. I don't know if it's if it's an effort thing, if it's a coaching thing, but if you look from a top to bottom perspective, their defense has been pretty mediocre from the beginning of the season until last night where they lost that game to the Knicks. So I don't know if you guys have any opinions on what the deal is with the Celtics defense or against some of these bad teams, but to me, it's a little bit of a concern right now. Uh, who wants to go with this? Any yeah. basketball fans? Oh, I'm a basketball yeah. fan. Oh it's yeah, fair. we're we're all we're all uh, we're all basketball guys. But listen, Celtics guys. Just in this month, just in this month, out of 14 games, 13 of them they have allowed triple digits in points. Yeah, and it's it's been happening every single week. And everybody looks past it because you look at the final score where the Celtics scored 120 plus every single every single week, which is great. It's great when you're scoring that many points. They have one of the best offenses in the league. They added a third option off the bench as well in Malcolm Brogdon this offseason. And they also have a, a threat on the interior in Rob Williams, who's supposed to be a really good um, defensive player. And he's been solid. But – for their defense as a whole, there have been that's a very fair point to to raise is that they've haven't been as good as they should be, especially with how they did last year. And Malcolm Brogdon is supposed to be one of the better two-way players in the league and his defense has been a little suspect. Same thing with Jalen Brown. And we all know what they're capable of, but it seems like there's a lot of mental errors there. They kind of yeah. you can see during games they lose their man sometimes. And next thing you know, that guy gets a basket. And it's showing in the final scores of all of these games. It feels like every single time that they win a game, everyone looks past the fact that they allowed over 100 points every single game. Yeah. You got, you, you got. Oh, thanks. So a thing is, I would say it's an effort thing, but I'm not entirely sure. I want to say... It's a case of looking past teams you should be. And, Adam, I've said this before on the podcast when, in, during football because the same principle applies. There are times where you don't tend to take an opponent seriously and you get stunned in a loss. That's what I think happens. I feel that they're kind of maybe a little bit high on their own supply. I don't think it's anything that uh, Joe Missoula can't handle. And you have to remember, they've been pretty banged up this year. Smart. And Williams have missed quite a bit of time. Brown's been in and out. Brogdon's starting to get a little banged up. So it's just, I feel like a lot, a lot of it is health as well because Brown like just came back. And like I said, and especially Williams has been in and out. But when Williams is healthy, our defense is usually at its best. So that's what it is. I think it's just a mental thing, and I think it's a health thing. Be and I think the health thing can be overcome just by like a mentality kind of in a way now like you know you they keep i feel like they keep looking past opponents and if i'm Joe missoula i'm saying you go out there and you every game like it's game seven of the finals you know you leave nothing to chance you gotta stop looking past these people because you can't play down to the competition and you can't play down to your potential that's like my main takeaway yeah so that's i'm certain i that's I'm sure that that's part of it. I think a big part of it is it's, I think it's, it's a lot of it's an attitude thing. 
And I'm not sure if some of you listen the sport to the sports hub, but Felger and Maz Ugh. during their post during the Celtics postseason run always used to preach this small thing that the Celtics, and I quote, would smell their own farts. In other words, whenever they're doing really well, when they're flying high, they love to notice that they are doing very well. And they take pride in that. And it's great having that confidence. But then it translates into a loss the very next game during that postseason. And it happened all the time. I mean, a lot of those a lot of those um, postseason, uh, a lot of those postseason series, a couple of them should not have gone seven games. The Milwaukee series, and probably that they fell down three two. They, but they probably shouldn't have fallen down, fallen down three two, as it was. And then the Heat series, they should have taken those games in five or six games with the talent that they had, and they didn't. And it feels like that's kind of the same principle that's being applied here. They're the best team in the league. So then, when they fu- wind up facing these lower, those these lower tier teams, they kind of almost take a day off, because that's just kind of the attitude that they have. A team led by Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I mean, did you did you hear Grant Williams on some of those interviews during uh, during their postseason run? No. God, what did Batman say? What? What did Batman say? I didn't hear from him. <laughs> He's a little full of himself, but he, 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 they, I mean, they all have reason to be because they're one of the, they're, they are the best player, the best team in the league, but you've got, you've got to buckle down and put your money where your mouth is. That's kind of my take on that. Oh man. Uh, To be honest, as far as the Celtics are concerned, I think it's just a little bit of a hangover. They just came off of a grueling uh, season last year when they made it to the finals and arguably should have won the finals, if I'm being honest. They were just a couple of plays here and there where the games just got away from them, and that's something you can't do against the Warriors. So ultimately, I think this was a nice learning experience for them, but I think it's a little bit of a hangover. Also, to start the fact that they didn't have Robert Williams to start the season was a little bit of a thing. Even though they started pretty well, the defense hasn't been the same as it was last year. So I think it's just the more so of an effort thing on the defensive side of the ball. And to be honest, there's been a few struggles here and there with Jason Tatum. This is is the second three straight loss this team has had. Overall, I think it's just a matter of time before they actually get healthy and actually work together as a team. You got to remember, this team wasn't even supposed to be this good this doing this well concerning they just lost their head coach due to you know extracurricular activities but we're not here to discuss that but overall i'm not mad with what the Celtics are doing i think it's just focus things but some of it's their fault some of it's not their fault overall i think they just need to stay the course like you said not play down to competition and continue their ways i think they still would end up with the number one seed yeah, and you met, you bring up a fair point that despite all these all these concerns, they are still the number one seed and record-wise the best team in the league right now. So they're just they're just minor concerns. This isn't a, this isn't a perfect team, but they should still be favored, and I believe they they should uh, represent um, for the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. 
Uh, and if, if they don't, it would be a disappointment. But Justin, do you have any more to add? No, yeah, I completely agree with what you guys said. I mean, again, they are missing pieces. Every team misses pieces. It's an 82-game season. They still have but a quarter of it, more than a quarter of it left. They'll be fine in the long run. It's just making those minor adjustments, making those minor tweaks, and I think they'll be all right. But they got to wake up, especially against some of these weaker opponents, especially to prepare before the playoffs. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head there. But um, all right. Do we have anything else to add before we end the show tonight? Anything else we want to say? No, I'm nope. good. <laughs> nice. Well, Justin, thanks for joining the show. I'll give I'll use these last few moments as an opportunity for you to plug your own podcast if you want. You're all the balls. Yeah, like you said, so we do all the balls. It's a different time every week, but you can follow us on Instagram. It's on Facebook as well. So you guys can come on sometime. I appreciate you guys for having me on. And um, I look forward to talking to you guys more in the future about some picks, maybe some March Madness stuff, whatever you guys want to talk about. Yeah, that would be great. Well, I appreciate you joining the show. But without further ado, that will do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.